You are listening to the teaching podcast of Praise Community Church in Mason City, Iowa. For more information about our church, please visit praisecc.org. Uh, Exodus 33, uh, verse uh, 13. And this is uh, where, uh, it's titled in my Bible, this section is uh, Moses' Prayer and the Lord's Answer. Uh, but the prayer is, if you, um, uh, if you are pleased with me, teach me your ways so that I may know you and continue to find favor with you. Uh, remember that this nation is your people. So what Moses is saying here, and, and Moses had a very powerful relationship with God. He knew God, uh, very powerfully connected. And uh, this ties very nicely in, in the, the theme that uh, Jeff has been teaching on as far as intimacy with God, friendship with God, and the necessity of, uh, of actually pressing in. And there are multiple ways that that happens, but ultimately the goal is to know God because he knows us. And as we move into relationship with him, uh, and I really believe, this is interesting uh, to me, because that's not the way I was raised, but uh, God's deep desire is for us to enjoy Him, and that He would enjoy us. That's really friendship. That's, if you think about friendship, uh, it's, um, it's a place where uh, you're uh, aware of uh, your friend, and you know what they like. And so, um, this happens, I watch my wife do this when we are on vacation, uh, she's always looking at gifts, little gifts, that would bless some of her friends. Because she's thinking about them. Now, you know, I'd like to say that I'm as noble as she is, but a lot of times I kind of forget that until I'm actually in your presence. Oh, yeah, you're my friend. Uh, but, <laughs> uh, but what is going on there is, is that there's a conscious awareness of that relationship. And there are ways that you, because you know how that, what that friend appreciates, there are different ways to bless them. And so God desires to bless you and I with his presence and the gifts of the kingdom and the relationship. And he in turn loves to have that come back to him also. So there is a friendship with God, a, a deep, powerful connection that takes place. And we want that. Uh, we desire that. We were literally created for that. And so uh, here we see Moses, uh, an apostolic leader, uh, chosen by God to take the children of Israel out of Egypt, out of slavery, uh, into the promised land. And so we see that as he pressed into God, uh, as he began to uh, connect with God, uh, he began to understand God. He understood what pleased God. And so that's one of the ways that we want to look at this is that as we look at uh, as we look at our relationship with God, is that we begin to press into Him, and as we understand His ways, and then as we take that next step, then what we're looking at is how do we understand the ways of the kingdom? How do we understand what God wants to do? And uh, as we look at the fivefold ministry, and that's what that is called typically by the church, uh, the the five positions that we look at here. Uh, we see that basically what's happening there is there's a structure. God is revealing a kingdom structure in these particular uh, calls on people's lives. Uh, and so, uh, you know, it's, it's important that we understand structure. Uh, I worked uh, uh, in sales for a lot of my life, 
and there, there was a sales manager and they answered to someone who probably owned the company. Uh, I worked as a salesman at that point in time. Now it's a salesperson, uh, but I'm being politically correct here. So, but uh, anyway, uh, we, uh, I worked as a, as a salesperson or a salesman and uh, we had a structure in the way that the organization was run. Uh, the way the power flowed and uh, the decision-making process, those kinds of things. And so as we look at this passage in Ephesians, we're looking at a structure that God has established in how he has the kingdom operate. And so it's important to understand that as we look at that, then um, because understanding is very important because it allows us to know how to operate in situations that are in the employee handbook. Okay? See... This is kind of uh, a handbook if you want to look at, at the Bible. Uh, but not necessarily everything in our current culture is, is exactly identified within the handbook. But if you have a relationship with God, if you understand the structure of the kingdom, if you begin to, to have communion with God, you are able to actually release the kingdom, its structure, and the rule and reign that comes through you into the realm, into that place where you're at, because why? You have the heart of God. You understand what he wants to do. You hear his voice. You understand the structure. You understand how things operate within the kingdom. And uh, as a result of that, you are able to actually live in the presence of God and be the salt and the light in, a, in the culture that you find yourself in, okay? You know, I grew up in the United States. Um, I haven't experienced a lot of other cultures. I've known some people from other cultures, and I found it was kind of a wake-up call. It's like, wow, they're really different, and they think differently, too. Uh, the, the way they understand structure, all those kinds of things are different depending upon your culture. Well, Jesus came to establish a kingdom culture on earth. Okay, He came to establish that. And that actually has been delegated to the apostolic uh, position within the body of Christ. They are individuals who actually help the current culture actually mesh and then become um, the kingdom of God culture. So from an apostolic perspective, we're not going to go into all the details today about that, but from uh, an apostolic perspective, Jesus fully intends to use the church. Now, all of us, all of the, us are part of the church. All of us are members of the, of the body of Christ as we've embraced Jesus as Lord and Savior. And so out of that then comes an apostolic move of God through the body of Christ to begin, begin to take and bring a kingdom culture to this earth. That's why he said, instructed us, pray that the kingdom of heaven now invade earth. May your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That is a responsibility that we are given by God to pull on heaven, to pull on the kingdom of God, and pull it literally into this realm so that this world would experience heaven on earth. Okay. Now, I believe that the church has, has uh, kind of dropped the ball on that. Okay, And, it, and this uh, teaching is not... Hear my heart, it's never to condemn us or shame us because what good does that do? All it does is drive us away. But we are to review our lives and our relationship with sober judgment 
And it's like there are places where God wants to bring conviction to us that brings us into a deeper and more powerful relationship with him so that the benefit of the kingdom might be revealed. I believe that the church has not pursued God in America uh, the way God really has wanted that to take place. And there is a move now. Uh, the church, I believe the church that's hearing the voice of God is taking a major shift in the United States. And that's good news for us. Why? Because we're not alone. It's important to know that God is on the move and he is bringing change to this country. And you and I get to be a part of what God is going to do in that. So, so be encouraged. Uh, currently, if you look at the world, it would be easy to be consumed with hopelessness, despair, and uh, a desire to surrender. Uh, I remember my father, uh, a good man, a godly man, uh, but was um, had, a, had a, a bad attitude about the world in the United States and where it was going. You know, we're going to hell in a handbasket, is what he would say. And and so when you begin to agree with that, when you lose hope and begin to agree with what you see in this realm, what happens then is the enemy begins to take over. He begins to steal what God has for us. And so I believe the church was called by God. Scripture says you and I are salt and light. And so as we look at this structure, what we're looking for is we're looking for each of us that are called by God, uh, and we all are called by God, to step into those places of authority and position that we might be salt and light and that we might bring spiritual transformation to the world around us. And basically, uh, I like to, to pray that God would increase my sphere of influence. Now, some would say, oh, you know, you know. Uh, what, I, what I see in the church today is I see false humility. Where there's passivity and weakness, we call that humility. And God is calling us out of that into being powerful individuals. Now, the best way to, to, to stay humble is to continue to remind yourself that God is the boss, <laughs> and he's got a plan and purpose, and you have the privilege now to be a part of something greater than yourself. I believe that each one of us was created in a way that there is something very powerful within us that, that desires to be a part of something larger than ourselves. And so uh, what you want is you want to help cultivate within the body of Christ, and each of us are a part of that. Uh, it isn't just the senior leadership, the board, or whatever structure is within the church. Uh, because what we've watched is we've seen the American church where there is a passive group of pew setters that are waiting for leadership to run everything and take care of all the details and actually uh, be the, the go-between between our relationship uh, with Father and ourselves. But rather, we, there is a priesthood of believers. In other words, you and I are called by God in a unique way to connect with God and to throw what God has given to us into the mix in order to see what God wants to do in and through us. And so we have a powerful opportunity here. Uh, it is one of the best ways to stay humble is to understand that what God has called you to is a privilege. It's a privilege. If you, if you rest in the fact that you've been called by God and he has given you the great privilege 
to serve the family, to serve the king and his kingdom, to see the world transform. All of a sudden, now I begin to see my purpose. And purpose is so important. It isn't just a sucker. It is here. We are here for a purpose. And as we look at this structure, we begin to see places of purpose, structure, how it is that we fit, how is it that we then function in order for the common good for the movement of the kingdom into this world. Uh, so uh, it is important to look at uh, the very, to, to begin to understand. Why? Because it brings then revelation, and then revelation brings transformation, and it moves us in the direction of action. So I've, I've been in the church long enough to know that you can go through a lot of training, but if you don't do anything with it, what good is it? What is, what's good is it if there's an intellectual connect and there's no uh, action, no physical response? I love to use the, the term that love is an action word, you know? We have a culture that action, uh, that love has a tendency to be kind of an emotional thing, you know. And but but love is an action word. Uh, that's what they're doing downstairs. They're actually loving those uh, individuals by putting those boxes together. They're they're responding in that unique way to actually bring love in the form of tangible love into the lives of those individuals. Their blessings there, and so. As uh, one of the things that uh, I was had this discussion with God about was uh, uh, because uh, I had moved from a highly structured uh, church where I didn't see life, but I saw rules and regulations, religion, those kinds of things. It was easy for me to be critical of them. Okay, you know, I was a teenager. Yeah, woo, you know, rebellion, all of that kind of stuff. And so, uh, and you know. <laughs> What we want is we want lives that reflect the true nature and character of God, not our own nature and character, okay? That's why the Pharisees were so heavily condemned and chastised by uh, Jesus. Why? Because they said that they represented God and they did not. And so we pray that our lives will be lives that represent the true nature and character of God. So I was going uh, around in my mind with this discussion with God about... Uh, uh, the, the idea of structure versus life, because I have been exposed to the things of the Spirit, which radically changed my life, okay? You're never the same after you encountered the Holy Spirit. Never, 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 never. That's why it is important that each of us not only encounter Him initially, but continually encounter the Holy Spirit. All right, so then there's power there. Then there's transformation. So... I'm going through this discussion with God, and I'm going, you know, because uh, I was still in that kind of structure kind of thing, although I was, I, I, was, I was torn between the two. It's like, which is more important? And he said, they both are. Both the life and the structure are important. And then he said, take a look at a vineyard. Uh, we have some friends that have a vineyard, we, and we just picked some grapes for them. Uh, I don't know, it was this fall. It was fun because... Because uh, the concept of a vineyard and grapes and, and those kinds of things is woven into the scripture in a very powerful way of, of representing the kingdom and those kinds of things. And what I found was interesting uh, was that, first of all, the vine is very sensitive uh, as far as uh, the neighbor had sprayed some chemical on the soybeans or corn. 
and it had drifted over. And so as you got to the edge of the vineyard, there were dead vines and that kind of stuff. And uh, the, the guy who owned the vineyard said, well, that happened three years ago. Slow recovery in that, you know. Uh, but the stuff was, was woven into uh, the grape uh, cluster would be kind of down in the, in the various lo uh, vine locations. You didn't want to lose any of the grapes. You were trying to, to work a clump out without, uh, uh, without losing the grapes. Uh, but it was just a, it was a fascinating uh, uh, perspective that I had not had until I was able to actually do that. So uh, in this discussion with God, as far as which was more important, uh, he began to say, well, it's like a vineyard. He said, it's like, if you don't have the post and the wire, then what does the vine grow on? Well, the vine will grow. It'll lay on the ground, though. And you won't be able to really be fruitful. So you have to have the post. You have to have the wire in order to get the fruit up off the ground so that it can actually come to full maturity and be a benefit. You and I are created by God to be a benefit this realm. You know, Jesus said in, in, in John, he says, my desire is, is that you become fruitful, that you bear much fruit. And so, in saying all of that, in order for the fruit of the Spirit to actually flow through you and I, we need a structure. We need a structure to be, uh, to be held in that will then allow us to be, bring about the maximum fruit in our lives. So as we look at the fivefold ministry, what we're looking at there is we are looking at the fact that structure is extremely important in order for fruitfulness to actually take place. Okay. So um, now uh, let's take a look at uh, the passage Ephesians, um, uh, verse one through verse ten. Okay. Uh, Ephesians 4, I'm sorry, yes, okay. Um, okay, it says, As the prisoner of the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle, be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body, one Spirit, just as uh, we were called to one hope. When we were called... Uh, when you were called, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. But to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. This is why it says, uh, when he ascended on high, he led captives in his train and gave gifts to men. What does uh, he ascended mean except that he also descended to the lower earthly regions? He who descended is the very one um, who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. It was he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here uh, and there by winds uh, of teach by every wind of teaching, uh, 
and by the cunning and craftiness of men in their deceitful scheming, instead speaking the truth in love, we will all in, um, in all things grow up into him who is the head that is Christ. From him the whole body, uh, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as we, um, as each part does its work. So he lays out a structural foundation. What I, today what I want to talk about is purpose. Uh, so uh, in the context of where that is inserted within this scripture. Uh, so uh, first of all, we see from here is that, um, that uh, we were called or chosen by God and we are here to reflect on him uh, uh, on this earth. And so I think it's important for you and I, uh, again, this gets back to, to an understanding of, of you belong to God. You belong to the family of God and he chose you. Uh, scripture says that no one can confess that Jesus is Lord without the working of the Holy Spirit. In other words, the Spirit of God is already working within our lives as you and I come into the kingdom. God chooses us, okay? He's pulling on us. He's wanting to restore us. And so it doesn't matter about your background, what's happened in your life, those kinds of things as to the call of God on your life. Now, it does matter as far as healing, deliverance, and those kinds of things. But as far as who God has chosen, he has chosen each one of us to come into his kingdom, to actually know that we belong to him. Belonging is huge, okay? Uh, that's, that's the problem with our current culture. We don't belong. Everyone's trying to find a place to belong. Why are, why are gangs taking uh, over uh, relationships, families? Why? Because broken families produce vulnerable individuals that are looking for places to belong, connect. And so uh, one of the things that you receive as you come into this house is you have the opportunity to connect. You have the power to connect with each other, people who love the Lord and deeply desire that the Lord be the Lord, not only in their own life, but in your life. And so so God has chosen you, and that's, that's foundational in understanding how the structure is going to work and so we are called here to reflect the true nature and character of God. So then what happens here is that uh, he talks about uh, several of the attributes. Now, these are things that will protect us from getting off track. As you and I embrace humility, okay, be humble, okay? Now, I would encourage that each one of us choose humility rather than having God humble us, okay? It's much better. It's much better to surrender to God and let, and choose humility rather than having to go through the process of being humble. But God needs humility within us. Why? Because otherwise his glory can't flow through us, right? Why? We resist. Pride. God says he resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. In other words, the power of God flows through humility. Jesus was the humble king. He models that for us. And so we understand that all have sinned, all have fallen short of the glory of God. Welcome to the family, okay? We're all equal. Now, it's important that that take place. Why? Because in this world, uh, we always are prioritizing who's better than and who's worse than each other, right? And Scripture says we've all sinned. We've all fallen short. And so, so with that, what happens is, is that humility says that that we're all brothers and sisters. Doesn't matter our background, that doesn't disqualify us 
from being, being a son or a daughter of the Most High God. So welcome to the family. Now, in the midst of that is when you begin to receive your healing. I like that idea that God loves us so much, he doesn't leave us the way he found us, but he transforms us. Now that's a real comfort. He doesn't, he doesn't abandon us because of our past, but rather he actually uses it not only to bring his own glory, uh, glory to himself, but also to transform us. And so be completely humble, be gentle. Um, this world is not gentle. Uh, we are countercultural. at least we should be. Now, if, if the church buys the system of this world, which is orchestrated by the kingdom of darkness, we've got problems because we're not representing the true nature and character of God. And so that's why uh, scripture delineates particular characteristics or aspects within the body of Christ is so that we are reminded of the truth. What is it that we are to reflect? Who are we? And as we embrace that identity and it flows with characteristics that mesh with the true Father. And so, gentleness. Father God is incredibly gentle. Okay, and then some people say, well, uh, he knocked Paul off the horse. I mean, you know, what our donkey or whatever it was. Well, you need to get his attention, okay? And so, uh, we have a tendency, what happens for us is that we have a tendency to divine gentleness uh, in a way that God may not actually define it in your situation. Sometimes he has to be a little on the aggressive side to get our attention. But that is his kindness. That's his gentleness. Okay? And so the Apostle Paul here is saying that you and I are to reflect the true nature and character of God. But in order to do that, it requires the presence of God because, you know, in and of myself, I don't reflect the true nature and character. I am a fallen human being, and um, sometimes people will say nice things about me, and I go, that's God, because that's not me, okay? <laughs> but that's what you want. You want the glory to go to God, and he is bringing transformation to each one of us. So then we look at, uh, so we uh, talk about humility, gentleness, patience, okay? Now, uh, I would like to skip this word. Has anyone got a magic marker where I can cross that off? Because I don't like to be patient. Yeah. And I, I was raised in a family that no one was patient. Everyone, you know. And so, uh, so I, and I bought that, um, that uh, value system. But, so, with, for, for me, patience is a powerful work of the Spirit in my life. Now, other people may not know that. They might think, well, you may not think I'm patient. I don't know. Some of you don't know me very well, but um, but uh, when I find myself being patient with people, I know it's the work of God. Yeah, it is. But those are the places where God needs to work in my life. So patience and then bearing with one another in love. Okay. Now, I can endure people for short amount of time, okay. But God's saying, you need to do this with an act of love. God, I don't like these instructions. <laughs> do, you, do you struggle with what God calls us to? I mean, I, you know, I hope. I mean, it's okay. It's okay to struggle with those kinds of things. Because God's doing work in us. He is prepping us. He's preparing us. He's changing us so that we can receive his structure so we can see the fruit revealed in our lives. And so... 
uh, we're, the reason we're exploring this is because it's important to keep the, the fivefold ministry in context as we look at the structure of what God has called us to. And what is interesting is the, the word completely, I have that bolded in here, okay? Okay, so it isn't that you just dabble in humility, uh, but God is bringing about a complete transformation in us so that um, I like the terminology that God desires us to be naturally supernatural, okay? Naturally supernatural. In other words, what's going on there is that uh, that it is, it is within us. We are transformed. And so the supernatural aspects of God in our lives actually become the natural outflow, okay? Because... Um, you know, in my flesh, I can put up a good act for a short amount of time, okay? But long-term, it requires the move of God in my life in order for me to actually completely be humble, completely be patient. Those are the kinds of things that God wants to bring into our lives. So, then we move on from there, and it says, Keep the unity uh, of the Spirit bonded by peace. And as I reflect on this, because um, is that if if we don't, I find that that it's it's difficult to hear the voice of God when you're in the midst of anxiety. The enemy knows that also. That's why we live in a culture now that is so filled with anxiety. It it compounds our ability to hear the voice of God because we're so consumed with the anxious thoughts that are going around inside of us. That's why you want that quiet place. That's why you need that place. Now, God and I's special place is in the morning when I wake up. Because he's already talking to me before I wake up, okay? You know, there are things, what, what's, what's, uh, God is so fascinating. I, I just can't get past the fact that, that he is amazing in the way he works. And what's interesting is that the way he works in me can be somewhat different than the way the way he works in you. So I'm, sh I'm just revealing a little bit about uh, a private relationship that I have with God. And there are certain things that he's happy uh, to have me discuss and talk about. And then there are other things that it's just him and I, okay? Yeah, we don't tell other people about all that stuff. No, it's just him and I. It's just a wonderful place to be. And so he's talking to me when I wake up in the morning. He's actually talking to me in my dreams. It's an interesting transition. At least that's the place. Maybe it's because I've been, uh, I've never allowed him to talk to me any other time. He captures me when I'm, I, I'm not, I'm unaware or, you know. I mean, you know, he, he, he is a loving God. He is amazing. And he deeply desires to talk to us. Uh, why? Because his revelation is what sets us free. But anyway, uh, in that in that transitional time, it's that place where there, uh, you're you're coming, you're you're walking in peace. Uh, it's a it's a place where you can hear the voice of God, and so I would encourage you to seek peace in your life in order to hear the voice, because then the voice brings intimacy or connectedness or relationship to you and I. Okay, you want to hear His voice. As the church culture, we want to cultivate within each other the ability to hear the voice of God. Why? Because it's revelation. It's transformation. It is, it's his voice that changes us. His voice brought us into existence. 
And so it's his voice that continues to maintain our existence, not only physically, but also relationally within him, okay? So, so important. Um, so it says peace. So we want to cultivate peace. If you think about it, think about uh, our relationships. We've all had unhealthy relationships. We've had relationships with a lot of anxiety and turmoil, okay? Uh, and what we'll also see that that's where the enemy works within the body of Christ, isn't it? He's always trying to keep uh, create conflict, always trying to find places where he can break relationship within the body of Christ. Why? Because that's the way you conquer. All you have to do is conquer a divided community. If you conquer, you can conquer an individual if they're divided in their own heart and their mind. That's why we pray for unity. That's why we pray for wholeness. You know, there's a play on word. Uh, you are supposed to be wholly devoted to God. Okay, H-O-L-Y, meaning set apart, but you need to be W-H-O-L-E in order to be wholly set apart. You need to be whole, to be holy. And so the body of Christ is here to bring wholeness. Why? Because they're working through the structure and the giftedness that God has granted to us to bring wholeness to each one of us so that we can then be wholly devoted to God, set apart for the presence and power of God. It's a beautiful thing. One of the things that you will find as you explore God is his beauty. I don't know how to describe it. You have to experience it. So I would encourage you, press into God and explore his beauty, his majesty. There are many attributes of God that you and I need to explore. And so uh, peace is foundational in the ability of the structure of the church to actually run, okay? And so uh, uh, then he moves on to talk about one, uh, one body, one spirit, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, uh, who is uh, over all, through all, and in all. That's pretty comprehensive, isn't it? Uh, so he, because the, the, the key here is unity. He's desiring unity. The enemy's plan is to bring disunity, brokenness, anxiety, and he's doing a very effective job, by the way. And it's time for you and I to link arms together and stand up and fight in prayer and in action when God gives us opportunity, okay? So uh, prayer is our first line of defense. But in that, as God speaks to us, he begins to communicate how it is that we are to respond. Because there is action also involved in the body of Christ. Okay. That's why it's important to take the advantage of voting. This is just a side note. But why? Because you're given this opportunity. Not all countries provide that. Now, and so you have an opportunity and a privilege to actually exercise as God is leading you to to stand for what the kingdom would stand for within the culture. And so uh, this world is not perfect and neither are the structures, but God says that he has given us governmental structure just in the, in the, in the government of our country, just as he has given governmental structure within the church for our benefit. And so uh, what we want to do is we want to take that privilege and actually exercise it in order to cooperate with what God is speaking to us so that we might see the kingdom fully revealed in this realm. So, so you have 
the privilege, opportunity, and the responsibility to actually step forward and be the man and woman of God, be the salt and the light, bringing the power of the kingdom. One concern uh, that I have is just the passivity that, is, that has grown within the church. And when I think about passivity, I think about uh, the, the idea, uh, I think that people are afraid of being aggressive, but as we look at God, he's extremely aggressive, okay? And you and I need to be aggressive in the things of God. Now, the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. So you can be angry, and you can be passionate, and you can actually act on that, but that does not guarantee that it will produce the righteousness of God. So we have a world now filled with anger and passion, but it is not producing the righteousness of God. Okay. Now what we want is we want a community of faith that is filled with passion and deep desire to move the kingdom, but it's then the passion that is given to us by God. And it's not out of anger, it's out of love. Okay? So all of these things need to be understood and we, as we look at the context of the structure that's going on here. So, um, so the, there is a unity here. Uh, there is a oneness within the body of Christ. One of the things that you and I want to pursue is a oneness with each other. Okay? doesn't mean that we agree on, on everything. Um, uh, my wife and I have a oneness that is given to us by God. But we don't necessarily agree on everything. It's okay. We look at things differently. Uh, and I'm okay with that. Okay? She provides diversity to me. She provides a, a different perspective at times. And so, so it's good. It's healthy. Uh, and in that, I can grow as a result of that. And so God gives us each other, and there's unique aspects within us that God brings into the community of faith for a deeper revelation and a better understanding, and it gives me the ability, oh, I can practice patience with her that way, right? No, just, <laughs> I can't help her here. She loves me, I love her, it really, it's helpful when, and if you use her as a public kind of uh, thing, I, she doesn't like that, sorry dear, so. <laughs> Yeah, actually, she's ripped. She really doesn't. She's, she's okay. See, when, when you're secure in your relationship, then you can be that way, right? Right, Stan? Yes. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, we digress here. All right, so, uh, so then it goes on to list the five positions. These are graces. In other words, and they are they're rankings of positions, and they are similar to the rank that you would have in a military situation. Uh, in, in the Army uh, uh, of the United States, the Commander-in-Chief is the President. And then you have Generals, and then the, the list goes on of the, the lower ranks. I like to look at it from that perspective. The Apostolic uh, is, are the Generals. In fact, uh, there are six books. I, would in, uh, I have, I think, Volume 4. There are six books written about God's Generals. Has anyone ever heard of, that, uh, of, that, uh, of those books? They're fascinating. It deals with individuals, apostolic individuals that were called by God for a specific time and purpose within human history to reveal the kingdom culture. And that's ultimately what the apostolic does. It reveals the kingdom culture. It helps set that in motion. 
has it uniquely applies to the culture of the occupied territory. So when the Roman culture, and because that's where that word comes from, when the Romans came into Jerusalem, the idea was, was to um, provide a change of culture so that when the emperor would come, he would feel comfortable. Yeah, comfort. Well, comfort, we won't go there. But anyway, the, the desire there is, is that, is that and, and if you think about that, don't you want Jesus to be comfortable in your congregation? Don't you want Jesus to be comfortable as he inhabits you? Yeah, you want a kingdom culture. You want to, and so as an apostolic individual, what happens is, is that you are helping to bring the kingdom and the structure into place in a unique way to speak to the current culture. You realize that bringing people in the kingdom 100 years ago is different than today. Yes. We have uh, humans changed, cultures changed. And so the things that used to work, you know, the five spiritual laws and beating people over the head and telling them they're going to go to hell and all of that, that doesn't work in today's culture. They're going, oh, you are so sweet. Thank you. What's good for you is fine. You go ahead and enjoy that, but don't talk to me. You know, that's kind of the way that works. Now, that may have worked before using fear, but fear is not a long-term motivator. Are you aware of that? Yeah. It's only a very short-term motivator. Love is the long-term motivator. Love, yeah. So the church has a responsibility now to uniquely love this current culture, and the apostolic helps us know how to do that. Why, God does not sit in heaven wringing his hands, saying to Michael, they have screwed it up so bad, I didn't know what we're going to do. That is not God's, that's not the conversation in heaven. God deeply desires to see this world transformed. You and I have the opportunity and the responsibility to pull on heaven and bring that culture here. The apostolic leadership within the body of Christ has a unique position and they were chosen by God. Now, what's interesting, I, I love this, uh, uh, God's generals. Why? Because some were successful and some failed along the way. But they were still chosen by God. They were still chosen by God. Yeah. All he has to work with is people that are broken, by the way. And we can stand in judgment of leadership and those kinds of things, but that's not a good thing to do. Not recommended. No. What's recommended is we pray for leadership. We pray for the apostolic. We pray for the, the prophetic. We pray for those individuals who are uniquely called by God to operate in those kinds of offices and or positions or functions. And we'll talk next week about function and position, those kinds of things as we look at that. So what's the purpose of the fivefold ministry? It's to equip the saints, you and I, okay? It's to equip each other. That's part of the structure, it's to equip. Why? Because we've got a job to do, yeah? I like purpose, do you? I mean, yeah. it, it's like, uh, it, it's, um, Mar and I 
entire that transition now as we move from what we were doing before, God has opened a new door for us. And it is a, it's, a little, it's a little different for me. It's kind of like a, my routines are different, and, and there's a number of things that are changing as a result of that, and I'm, uh, I'm a little disoriented. And then there's this voice that says, are you really being productive? <laughs> Which is my dad's voice and my mother's voice and <laughs> the kingdom of darkness and you know, that kind of thing. Anyone identify with those voices? You know, I know. It's like, ah, stop. <laughs> but... Uh, so, so in the midst of transition, uh, as, as, as things are moving, it's, it's like, you know, it's, it's, it, it feels a little, it, it feels strange. And, uh, uh, but, but it's what God is doing. Uh, he's given us clear instruction of, of that. And that um, uh, what's fascinating with God is that, um, you know, I, I tend to, I, I'm, uh, I don't know, I think part of it's just masculine soul, but I'm a problem solver, solutions, you know, give me a problem, I'll, let, let's help solve that, you know, uh, I don't like to go shopping, I love to buy things that I need, at, but I don't like the experience of shopping, you know, it's like, oh, just too much work, and without a lot of productivity, and so, but, but in that deep desire to solve things, uh, you know, it, it's like uh, I, I can I can uh, I can lose track of what of the bigger picture, and so um, God is the problem solver. And so when you run into those situations, you always want to go to God, okay? Because uh, as we were moving through this transition, I'm going, God, well, what about this? And He goes, I'll take care of it. Now, what's interesting with God is that sometimes He doesn't give you a specific answer. He says, okay, by faith, I want you to know that I'm going to take care of it, and you can rest and relax and live in that place of peace. And it's like, wow, this is kind of a unique place to be at peace. When I think that many of us are stirred up with anxiety, worry, you know, concern about this and that, I mean, God is saying, relax, I've got it covered. You know, I think that sometimes... We miss God's answer because we're so distraught with the problem. Is that possible? Is that possible that we are so consumed with the anxiety and the problem and the issues that we can actually miss the answer of God and what he wants to do? And so that whole concept of peace, Holy Spirit, bring peace to our lives so that we can hear your voice so that we can be obedient to your instructions and see the benefit of your kingdom rule and reign as a result of that. So, you and I have a job to do, okay? We're called to acts of service. And uh, that appeals to me because I'm kind of a doer. I like to do things. Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, so, uh, it, and, and I like to do things that have a purpose and that have, you know, actual value. I think that's woven within us. Uh, maybe you're not familiar with that. We can just pray that God call that out in you. <laughs> call out in you your purpose within the kingdom. Uh, uh, so the body of Christ is built up um, and out of these acts of service. So the goal here is unity and that we grow up not only in our faith but our knowledge of Christ. Ultimately, God is bringing us to a place of maturity. He's bringing us to a place of maturity. Yeah. Now, my wife and I have three daughters, and uh, 
Okay, true confession, I'm not that fond of other people's kids, okay? Particularly young ones. I just don't have a grace for that, okay? Uh, they're cute, you know, but uh, I'm not into diapers and all that. What now? I love John as an adult. I don't, I, I'm, I'm fine once they get out of high school, okay? No, they have their own challenges at that point, but you know, it's kind of like, but. And I, we loved, our, our girls still do, and there were many blessings along the way at, 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 in the, the acts of service that we did as we watched them grow and mature. But the scripture here says that we are no longer infants, but we grow up, okay? And so a successful family launches their children successfully. That's one of the ways you can define one of the ways you can define a healthy family is when you are able to launch your children successfully. Now, uh, you, you need to understand that there are many things within that mix, okay? Because sometimes if you're, you may be a single parent and there are some challenges with that because you don't have a complete family there. It doesn't mean it's impossible. I'm just saying that, you know, so uh, when I say that, don't review your children and then consider yourself a failure, okay? Because that's not the purpose of this. But rather, in the healthy family of God, the idea is, is that we have a structure and we have a call, a purpose, and we are cultivating within each other, and it is a family event to cultivate maturity within each one of us so that we can grow up. Why? Because then... There is great productivity. Now, I, I love it when scripture talks about productivity, but the thing with it is, is that most of my life has been developed in productivity in this realm when God is calling us to spiritual productivity. Yes. Change lives. Yeah, yeah. And, and it seems like it's easier to go to work and do your job and, and you know, the housework and that, if you will, or whatever it is that you do. I do laundry. Uh, this is how this happened. I criticized my wife the way she did laundry, and she said, fine, I'm done. You do it. That was a stupid thing to do. <laughs> you know, in the early stages of marriage, Jessup, take note. Take notes. In the early stages of marriage, you can lay some foundations that can be really good, come back and bait you. How did I go off on this? Sorry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> We, we both cook. We both cook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, and she does a great job. <laughs> no, exactly. Thank you, Jeff. <laughs> Helping me. Uh, so maturity is where we're going. But it isn't supposed to be painful. There will be pain in growing up, but it's supposed to be actually a delight. And the end product is pure delight in each one of us. And so, look for the delight in each other, all right? So, um, then we'll no longer be deceived, rather speaking the truth in love, we'll grow up into Christ producing a body fit to advance the kingdom of God against the kingdom of darkness. Love in action destroys the enemy, and that would be one way to kind of summarize today's teaching, is that um, as we look at this structure next week, <clears throat> It is God's uh, part of the plan that God uses uh, in order to bring about the genuine love, genuine love of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit into our lives. 
and ultimately it destroys the work of the enemy. And Jesus said, I'm going, I'm leaving the Comforter, the empowering Holy Spirit, and you will do greater works than I now. We have not seen that in our lives, have we? So I think it's about time to press into that and let God do the work in that so that we can see the greater works of Jesus revealed in our, in and through our lives. Now, if you lack purpose, hopefully that one statement will bring about a, a powerful change in your life. Yeah. So uh, let's stand and pray, and then next week we'll specifically look at the five-fold ministry and how they're connected and how you and I fit into that. So, Father, we thank you that uh, you've given us each other, that uh, this is uh, your body, Jesus, and that we come in a privilege to be chosen by you, to be uh, filled with your spirit, to be equipped to do the things of the kingdom for your honor and glory. Lord, we thank you that uh, you have called us into a loving relationship where we enjoy each other. Not only enjoy each other within the body of Christ, but we enjoy our relationship with you. And so, Lord, I ask that as we leave this place that we will be filled with your joy because of your great provision and blessing the fact that you have chosen us and you have given us the ability to choose you lord god and we say yes and amen to your plans and purposes within our lives and we pray that in the holy name of the lord jesus christ amen, amen. Thanks for listening. For more information about Praise Community Church, including gathering times and events, please visit us at praisecc.org.